I always talk to Vanessa and my team about making sure that we have a very strong foundation. A tall building without a strong foundation can easily crumble. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Now let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, 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 what's going on? All you crazy house flippers. Hope you guys have had an awesome week. We just got back from this uh, online marketing seminar and wow, it was absolutely amazing. I know this is a house flipping podcast, but as I'm learning more and more about you know other business that I'm working on and, and educating and being able to teach you guys, being able to deliver more and better content and reach more people and create a successful business um, as as an educator, as a, a teacher, I am realizing, guys, we suck at marketing. And when I say me, I don't really mean, when I say we, I don't really mean my business. I mean us as investors. The investor community, even the really good ones, are horrible marketers. We don't even come close to understanding marketing. But the amazing thing is, is that we can still make a ton of money. <laughs> it's great. But I'm super excited because um, my eyes have just been open. I mean, they, they've been open before, now even more so than ever, to what you can do if you are a good marketer. I mean, in this business, in this real estate business, all these things I'm learning, you can translate it over. And I'm not going to get in too much into these details right now because in the weeks and months to come, I'm probably going to be testing out and learning a lot of this stuff on my education side, and I'm going to be start to implement that into my house flipping business. And oh my goodness, it just it just kills me when I hear other investors say, you can't buy houses in this market, and all these excuses of what can't be done. And I'm like, you don't, like, number one, you're not doing anything. You're not, if you're getting educated, it's barely, you're not like taking any action. But number two, it's like, not even I am scratching the surface just mind-blowing to me. Um, so many possibilities. I mean, so many different stones that have yet to even be unturned. And and there's so much opportunity even without getting into all these other things that you can do. So really exciting stuff. I'll be sharing that with you guys more later on. I just dropped another 25K on a new coaching program. Man, I am, I am so... Um, I don't know, my mindset has changed so much on, on education. I think it's because I've been taken advantage of by unscrupulous educators before and coaches. But I'm currently spending $20,000 a year on my um, my real estate mastermind group that I'm a part of. And then I just currently started spending another $25,000 on this other coaching. And didn't even, it took us the first, within the first few hours we signed up for this coaching program. Because I have no doubt that it will make me well more than 20 times a year what I put into it. And that's not even, I can't even really put a number on it, a price on it. It'll be so much more. And I mean, what's the ROI, ROI on that, right? I mean, what's, uh, if it's going to be 20 times what I paid for, I paid 25,000. What's 20 times um, 25,000? Actually, I guess to get the ROI, I would multiply 100 times 20 because 100 percent return 20 times which would be a 2000 percent roi and that's a great roi right but anyway it'll be actually way more than that in the long run okay I'm, I'm rambling but point being is 
good education I'm realizing is, and I've heard this before, but it's like, ah, I just see the guys out there that charge like 40 grand and then send you to the, the call center, right? <laughs> but <clears throat> good education is the by far highest ROI you can get on your investment. And not to mention your, your learning. Like I said, people pay tons of money to go to school and don't get an ROI till later. But if you can get an ROI while you're learning, booyah. Anyway, I am super stoked. I mean, I'll be spending um, well over $50,000 a year, including traveling and, and, and whatnot, and not to mention all the other things I do. And it's, it's great. It returns itself so much. So anyway, just some things to keep in mind. But I will keep you guys posted uh, as I continue to learn more and more about marketing. I'm just thinking of, oh my gosh, like all these things that can be done that I never hear any investors doing or talking about. Um, but pretty cool stuff. All right. So I'm a little excited about that. But for today, we have a, a different topic that um, I really want to talk to you about. And this topic is why I have decided to buy less houses. Oh, I, I, I hate to even say it, but why I am currently buying less houses, why I've decided to buy less houses, and also um, several things you know that you can do to to really mitigate your risk in this business. So last week after I recorded the episode, you know, in last week's episode, I didn't really talk about how many houses I bought, and quite frankly, that's because I hadn't yet talked to Vanessa. I let her run the meeting last week. And I didn't know how many we bought. But then after I'd published, sent the episode off to get edited and published, um, I talked to her and I'm like, I talked to Kel or someone. And I was like, hey, so how many houses did we buy last week? And I knew it wasn't as many um, because we had done a lot of things differently and weren't super focused on buying a lot of houses. Um, but then <laughs> like, um, they're kind of quiet. Like, uh we didn't buy any last week. I was like, what? And at first I was like kind of upset because that's how I've kind of trained myself to be. You know, it's always oh, buying more houses, buying more houses, buying more houses. But then this like feeling of relief came over. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that as long as this isn't, you know, the standard every week. And okay, so first off, why did that happen? Why did we buy a lot less houses. Well, first off, I kind of I kind of went through I'm like, why did this happen? That's so weird. Why have we been buying a house a day? Why did we buy 8 the week before? And then that week uh we bought zero. How does that happen? And I went through it. I'm like, okay, well, we stopped our marketing um because I intentionally kind of wanted to slow down a little bit. Uh because I let my project manager go, I moved Kel over to project management. So Kel wasn't focused on acquisitions. Darren um who's in Texas was kind of focused on helping us with some project management stuff. And he wasn't super focused on acquisitions. He was a little bit, but not as focused. Um, Tom was kind of looking at a different strategy to buy houses, um, which is kind of a lesson in and of itself. So, you know, sometimes we, and so he didn't buy any houses. It's like he was buying two a week and then he was focused on a different strategy. And, and instead of, um, and it's just a lesson here, right? Instead of focusing 90% of his efforts on what was working, maybe 10% to look into something else, he kind of totally shifted gears and then he didn't buy any, right? So we do that sometimes. We find something's working and we want to make it work better, but it's like to keep a focus on what's working and then adapt. Okay, just a little side note there. Um, and also, we just weren't, because Vanessa was focused, everyone's focused on all these project management because we're buying so many houses. 
Vanessa's attention wasn't focused on working with wholesalers. And and then part of it is just coincidence. We just happened to not have um, anyone reach out to us and, and sell us any properties that week, right? Sometimes it happens. Sometimes we have lower parts in our business. So we didn't buy any houses that week. And then last week, uh, it's still pretty early Monday morning, so I'm not sure exactly where we're at, but I'm pretty sure last week we bought two or three, which is about half or one third, even if it's two, at least like one third of what we're typically buying. And I'm totally okay with that. In fact, um, I told my team, I would like to consistently be around three to four houses, two two to four houses per week, um, instead of buying about a house a day. So why is that? Why am I buying less? Why do I want to buy less? Why do I not currently want to buy a house a day? Okay, so for a few reasons. And I want you to notice that some of these reasons have to do with internal um, reasons, internal forces, things that we uh, are just are because of us and our company and some are external, right? So the first one is just um, focus or more what I like to refer to as, you know, strengthening our foundation. Uh, so earlier this year, we weren't buying hardly any houses in January and the end of December. Um, well, I say hardly any, I mean, you know, less than you know, like what is it, six per month or something like that. So I guess that's not hardly any for a lot of people, but for us, it was like hardly any. And then we started buying the house a day. Things got crazy, right? So I always talk to Vanessa and my team about making sure that we have a very strong foundation. So you have this foundation and you want to build it as tall as you can, right? Because that's growth and making more money and, and building your company. But a tall building without a strong foundation can easily crumble if, you know, a small earthquake or a storm hits, right? Um, it, it just can't support it. So we're constantly building our building up and we're constantly going back and making sure we have a strong foundation so we can continue to build that building. And, you know, what happened is we were buying so many houses and we had the foundation for that, but I got to the point, I'm like, okay, you know, if we continue to buy a house every single day and, you know, we, um, I don't know, it just kind of got to the point where it's like, okay, <laughs> we need to make sure our foundation is incredibly strong. And I believe someday we can, can and probably will go back to buying a house a day or maybe even two a day. But I feel like to, to keep that going, we needed to have a stronger foundation. So that's what we're doing right now. We're really strengthening our systems. We have great systems. I mean, how do you even buy several houses a week without great systems? But we need to really strengthen that. Um, even more so that we can kind of take it to that next level. You know, we can't assume that the same company that could handle buying uh, a few houses a month could also handle buying 30 houses a month, right? And can do that consistently, right? I mean, at first I was okay with buying a house a day because sometimes you got to take what you can get when you can get it. Um, and I was okay with that. And then it kept happening and happening and happening. And finally, I'm like, okay, hey, this is good, right? We've been buying a ton of houses. Now let's slow down a little bit, strengthen that foundation. Um, Kale's going to project management. We're redoing some things. Um, so, so that's reason number one. It's more of, a, of an internal reason, more of a focus. Get those things, get continue to get things systematized. Really look at what we have and make sure we have a super good hold on everything, which overall we really do. But continue to strengthen that to where we don't ever feel like, oh, it's getting a little out of control, which is always happening. Things are out of control and we get under control. Got out of control. Um, but we wanted to, really strengthen that and really keep it solid, build that foundation even more. 
So that is reason number one. Reason number two has a little bit more to do with my and the company's you know financial situation and overall risk mitigation. So I'm constantly looking at my portfolio of houses. I'm always, you know, I'm very careful about having too many high-end houses, which I'm currently not doing any super high-end houses right now, but about 80% or so of the houses that I have, I always like them to have a plan B. I'm always looking at how much of my personal cash or personal equity um, is either in the bank or invested in the company um, to make sure that I feel, I feel good about things, right? I mean, just the other day, I had one of my investors, a good friend of mine, who started out lending me, I think, like 50000 and 100000 and then two, and now he's, to, he's just recently sent a little more, and he's like $400,000, and he's stoked. He's getting these great returns, but it's funny because this guy is a, uh, um, what does he do? He's some kind of accountant. I always get mixed up with what he does, like forensic accountant, right? But so he's kind of like weary about things, so he's always asking me, so what's the worst case scenario here and all this stuff. And so kind of the way I explained to him, I, at first of all, I said, hey, nothing's guaranteed. There's no guarantees in life. There's a little bit of risk to everything, right? Um, I said, but this is kind of how I look at my risk, kind of how I analyze what is quote unquote safe, right? Um, I look at the market and I say, okay, what do I think the worst the market is going to do? Um, now, there's always that black swan, and I don't play games like the what if this, what if that type thing, right? Anything can happen, okay? But you got to live life. You can't, you can't what if yourself to death. You can't always assume worst case scenario. You got to look at, okay, what's a realistic potential, really bad, almost worst case scenario, right? So I look at as if the market were to go down 2% per month on average, am I going to be okay, right? So, um, and, and the answer to that is yes. You know, at the margins that I am currently buying, if the market goes down 2% per month, I will be okay. Because you really only have a couple of months on average where that capital is is at risk, where the market is at risk until you get that buyer. Because you get the house, you fix it up, you get it sold. And that's about a one, two month, uh, you know, six week, I should say, to two month process up to three month process. So even if houses go down 6% over three months on average, I will still, on average, once again, because every house is different, on average, I will still not be losing money. Um, so I, I look at that. I've mentioned before to you guys, I always try to have a plan B, and, and I can have them as rental properties. And then the other thing I look at is how much of my own cash do I have invested in these properties or in the bank? So how much equity do I have? How much net worth do I have? And that that's an additional thing. The more of that I have, the more I feel comfortable with buying uh, these houses, buying more houses, right? So what's happened recently is we've been buying so many houses and I, I fortunately have been fortunate to have a lot of, um, make a lot of money over the last few years to where even if the market goes down, even if uh, we break even and even worse than that, we lose some of these money. It's like, hey, I can still lose a very large amount of money before any of my investors would be at risk. And that's my number one thing always is I do not want my investors Unless it's an agreed upon JV 50-50 split, like I will not allow my investors to lose money. Um, I will not allow that to happen, especially the ones that I, you know, do a personally guarantee. Say, you know, I'm I'm not gonna let it happen. So um 
Okay, having all that been said, you know, we did get to the point where it's like, okay, we're buying so many houses right now where I feel more comfortable if I have more of my own cash first uh, before I continue to buy, you know, a house a day or two houses a day. And the exciting thing is, is that out of the houses that we've bought over the past uh, two and a half months, you know, all these houses we've bought, I mean, we'll probably, we'll be able to bring in another, oh, I don't know the exact number, but let's see, after all expenses and everything said and done, uh, probably like a million and a half dollars or, or so, something like that. So that's cool. You know, like in a few months, my cash position will can will be even bigger and not to mention all the houses will close in between that time. Right. So it'll be like a extra couple million dollars that I can now say, okay, cool. You know, I can, I can take on a little more risk cause I have a little more that, that I could potentially lose. And, and once again, that's like plan D, right? Um, I'm already trying to buy the margins big enough. I'm trying to have a plan B. Um, and, and then I'm also looking at my own capital situation just in case like a worst, worst case scenario happens. Right. Uh, but having all that been said, you know, I got to the point, I'm like, okay, I house a day consistently for like six months or a year. Uh, not right now, maybe the next cycle, maybe after a few more months, um, I'll be, I'll be more comfortable with that. And I've looked at options or considered options like going out and getting a partner that we split the profits 50, 50, and they have like multi-million dollars or a hedge fund or something like that, or someone who can back me and can take on that risk. And that, that, that's an option. I just haven't really taken the time or wanted to go there yet. If someone approached me, that was the right fit and made it easy for me. Great. I'm just not ready to go out. I'm not wanting to spend all the time going out and creating a fund. And that's a lot of work and all that stuff. So, um, hope that makes sense. So first reason, once again, is just internal focus and making sure we have that foundation set up those systems, that structure. And we feel really good about that. Second reason has to do with my own personal and the business, the company, uh, financial situation and kind of the, the amount of money that I like to have either in the company or in the bank, um, before I take on too many, uh, too much debt at one time. And so now the third reason has to do kind of more with the, the external, more with the market and the and that situation. So right now the market's doing very well. Interest rates are low. Things are great. Uh, but, you know, we don't know how long that's going to happen. And I currently feel really good about the market for the next few months, but I'm also buying several houses that are in states where it gets very, very cold. And so the combination of everything I buy right now or I've bought right now, it's like, cool, we're going to get it fixed up. It's going to be on the market during the warm months, during the summer months. Um, but after that, uh, some of these states, you know, it gets super cold. And I, although I know you can still sell houses when it's cold <laughs> and here in California, it doesn't really get that cold anyway. Um, I just feel like, and I believe, and I've talked to some people, knows that it, it does slow down. Okay. So the combination of this kind of unknown market that we're in and not knowing when, as they say, the music will stop. And I don't believe the music is going, just stops. It slows down, right? It's different than the stock market. That's a whole nother side tangent there. But, um, you know, with, with what could happen, with interest rates going up or, the market starting to go down and the winter months combined. I'm like, uh, I just want, I don't want to have that much at risk. Okay. I don't want to have that many houses. Right. So 
my current situation is, um, you know, once we get into those winter months, and if I can, sometimes you can buy even better deals. It's like, okay, we're in December-ish, around there, January. Okay, by the time I buy these houses, actually January, February, get them going, get them back in the market, then boom, um, we're ready to to rock again. So I'll, I'll look at the market then. I don't know, but it depends on where the market is, right? Uh, if the market's taking a free fall, then uh, I'll probably still be kind of easy on the houses. I'll buy extra big margins, um, still buy houses, make sure they can be great rental properties. Uh, I'd love, you know, the market totally tanks, which I don't hope it happens. I'll, I'll be ready, you know, to, to buy a ton uh, at the bottom. So, oh, I'm getting sidetracked again. But so the third reason, once again, is is kind of external conditions. I'm not sure about the market. And then I'm not sure how all these houses will sell with the cold months. And I'm sure things will slow down. So although I will still have some deals, I'll have quite a few deals during those cold months. I, I don't want it to be a super high number. I want it to be a lower number, just in case I have some additional holding costs, some additional holding time. And also, us buying half the houses means that we can say no a lot more. We can say no to the, just, uh, it's okay, right? And we can just get the really good ones, the ones that we feel have really good margin, which also means I'll probably be focused on houses with even bigger margin because we're going into those months and kind of unprecedented times. So, um. All right, so hope that makes sense, guys. Those are the three main reasons. Number one, focus um, internally, building that foundation, making sure we have that good, strong foundation so we can continue to build our, our building our empire. Uh, number two is, um, what was number two? My own personal risk, the company risk, how much equity, how much capital I have in the company, how much capital I have personally. And then number three is more external, having to do with the market. I'm just... I'm not sure what's going to happen this winter <laughs> the, or, or when the months get colder and the combination of the market, um, what what's going to happen. So those are the three, th- three reasons why I am slowing down my house buying. For you, don't ever slow down though. I don't want this to be slow down your market. Don't slow down your market. Don't slow down your networking. Don't slow down your learning. Uh, if you're ever concerned about something, you can either wholesale it or partner. You can always figure, but never stop that front end machine. Um, and you know, unless you're like me, you're buying a house a day, then you can slow it down if you want. <laughs> but if you nothing's going on at all, don't stop it. Don't slow it down. Keep going. You know, I just got done listening to a podcast this morning. It was actually a marketing podcast and business building. But what's interesting, guys, it's all the same. All these concepts I'm learning, and as I learn. Um, how to grow my other businesses it's all the same the concepts are the same and the guy was talking about just taking action just going forward and most of the time you know a lot of the people that he works with they don't end up where they thought they were going to go they don't end up where they were heading when they started but because they go forward and they fell and they keep going forward they're able to um eventually find what works for them find that niche find that thing they didn't think they expected to find and he said that he had these guy this guy came and worked for him that was a friend of his and after a while he's like you know you're not really that smart you don't really do anything special you just keep moving forward and eight out of ten of the things you do don't even work but you just keep pushing forward and 
the one or two that do work make you rich. <laughs> and it's, it's like, oh, it's like almost embarrassing to admit, but that's, that's how I am. I just keep moving forward and I try to mitigate my risk. You know, there can be risk in this business and you, know, you want to be mindful of that, but just keep getting educated, keep taking action, keep moving forward, connect with the people that will help you get there and find what works for you. I mean, just talking to my brother, Steven, oh, he's going to get mad at me. He doesn't like it when I mention all these things, but he is just killing it right now because he's found his groove. I, I don't know if I've mentioned what he's doing before and I'll be careful to even mention it, but because um, I don't know if he wants me to, but he's just, he found this one little tiny, teeny thing that he just focuses on. He has like three guys helping him do it. And he's just like blowing it. It just seems so easy. It's almost like he's cheating, but that's the beauty of it. You know, you take action, you get going, you learn the education, you get it going. And then you're like, hmm, if I buy or do spend this much money on this and I can make way more by this, and then this guy helps me with this, boom. I mean, you can literally uh, automate this business or find the one little thing that you're good at that you want to focus on and then outsource or automate all the rest. And it's just a numbers game, right? Spend this to make this, to bring in this. You figure out your KPIs. You figure out what works for you. And and it's on automation. So, all right, guys. I'm getting way off topic. I get excited. I love talking to you guys. Love encouraging you. Um, love helping you know what can be done. I mean, life is amazing. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but my wife and I are now, like, just for fun. It's just it's a game, right? We're, we're singing, hmm, I wonder, you know, we've reached that seven-figure income. Um, how long until we reach that eight figure income? And, you know, it might be the combination of real estate and, and education and some other businesses that we want to create. Um, but I, I don't think it's that far away, you know, because just the way business works, it just compounds. If you keep going with that momentum, there's a huge snowball effect and it'll just continue to compound. And if you uh, continue to reinvest in yourself, reinvest in your education, surround yourself with those right people. Don't be afraid. Don't have a scarcity mindset. Um, know that so many people are afraid of giving up a commission or giving money to a contractor or paying a wholesaler because they're always thinking about what they're going to lose. What are they giving up? You know, it's kind of funny. Even this this $25,000 program that I just signed up for, um, I won't say who, but somebody was like, oh my gosh, but what could you have done with that money? And I'm like, oh, you do not get it. You don't get it. That's an investment. That money is going to make me so much more. You know, it's abundance. There's so much to go around. Um, but anyway, just just have that mindset, guys. Get out there. Continue to get educated. Take action. Surround yourself with the right people. It's all about the people. It's all about who you're getting mentored with, the colleagues that you're learning from. Um, surround yourself with the positive people, not the naysayers. Because you, if you're around the yeah butters and naysayers, you're going to go right down with them, right? You've got to surround yourself with the people that are doing it. Another uh, one of the quotes from the seminar was from Tony Robbins. And it basically said, the key to success is find people who are there and just do what they do. You know, in your own way, of course. But what do they do? Figure it out as much as you can and you'll get there as well. So... All right, guys. Well, I am going to let you go. I'm just like, oh, so excited. <laughs> so I've got to let you go before I just bust at the seams here. But get out there. Make some things happen. Take action. The world is yours. I mean, you can do anything you want. 
And we will see you next week on the number one house flipping podcast in the world, the House Flipping HQ podcast. Goodbye. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.